0: This empty chair represents the addict who died today, not knowing recovery was possible.
1: Hello,
2: hello, hello, hello. And welcome to an episode of The Empty Chair. Uh, Cole gave me a little Christmas present. She decided to let me host uh, the show and she'll be back on the next uh, episode. And uh, <clears throat> before I introduce our guests, uh, you know, during this holiday season, uh, this is when it really, it really gets tough for those that are suffering uh, from addiction, the families of those who uh, have loved ones that are suffering and have lost those to addiction. So I hope you'll keep especially them in their prayers, and uh, also uh, those of you that know family members uh, that have someone that's suffering. uh, (laughs) You'll you'll see our ad over here anyway, the Circle of Hope, and uh, you know it'll have my phone number there. Uh, Give us a call. You know, I mean it. One thing I've learned over years and years and years is that uh, dealing with an addict is is not something you, you should do on your own. Mm-mm. And we have a lot of support. So uh, it's got my phone number. If you feel a little nervous about taking that first step, then just give me a quick call and we'll talk. And uh, if you're not ready to sit down with our weekly group, then uh Fran and I will invite you over to the house and we have a little one on one to make you feel a little more comfortable about it. So uh don't be afraid to give us a quick call. And that being said, uh it's kind of nice to be back. Uh nice to see you, Lou. It's
1: nice to have you back.
2: Oh, uh, thank yep. you. Yep. And uh what I have what we have today is uh we have two guests. One's a repeater. Uh <laughs> Reggie and the other fella is Joel, is it? But you keep calling him something else, didn't you? I call him Guido. Guido? Yeah. Do you like Guido or do you like Joel? <laughs> I like Italian food. <laughs> All right. So, should I just call you Meatball? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, what we're going to uh, do is uh, obviously, you guys uh, have a connection, but what we'd like to do is maybe just take, you know, about 10 minutes. You can Mm -hmm. kind of refresh everybody, uh, Reggie, on your story, and then we'll go to Meatball, and uh, we'll listen a little bit here, and then I'd like to hear your connection. And, you know, I know everybody always has a story about, you know, the bad times, and I know we have to hear that. Mm. But me, I'm more into the miracle of recovery. Oh, yeah. And I know you guys have got a lot of years in, and that's the part I I like. You know, to me... It is the miracle of recovery, and I like I like to have people yeah. emphasize that so that they know that there is a life after addiction. Yeah. Yeah. So, Reggie, we'll let you get the ball rolling.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Phil. Uh, Cole, I see you. you're out there. Hi, guys. So
2: how you doing? Um, Cole, I ain't got my glasses. I can't see shit.
0: <laughs> I was trying to figure <laughs> out how to comment back to you, but I couldn't do it. And uh, I I wore this hat just for you because you always wear those special hats, and uh, I was looking forward to seeing you. But I hope you feel better soon. He's, and
2: I'm sorry you got stuck with somebody other than Cole. <laughs>
0: that's okay. That's a good <laughs> good uh, good person to get stuck with. So yeah, I guess I mean I just uh, tell you a couple of days ago uh, I celebrated 31 years in recovery. Awesome. And. Um, you know it's one day at a time and i'm not confused about that uh, and sometime you know sometimes people say that you know clean time doesn't count cuz we only got today and it's true that uh we only have today but if you don't think clean time counts get some and then mm. we'll see um but sure just uh, like phil said it, it's no don't want to get into like all the stuff that I did. I just can tell you that I started using um, a liquid substance when I was 12 years old. Stole a bottle of whiskey from my, my stepdad and hooked up with a friend of mine and his older brother was a, uh, you know, he's in a band and he had a coffee can full of this leafy substance. We thought we'd try that out and uh, like an addict was born. You know, I was off and running and I chased that feeling for many years. Uh, so twelve years old, I started using, and uh, at thirty years old, I finally figured out that I better change my life, or I was gonna die. <laughs> and through that time, I just you know I spent a lot of time in and out of prison and uh, jackpots, Mm-mm. and no no longer welcome you know at family events. Sure. Um,
2: Tell me, Reggie, just uh, nasty. How far did you go up the drug chain, so to speak? I know you did alcohol and. But, yeah. I mean, was that your, your drug of choice or did you move on to Bigger and Better?
0: Yeah, Bigger and Better, we call it. Yeah, yeah. No, It's funny you ask that because that's kind of how things went for me. I, I would make new rules for myself. Well, you know, I'm, at least I'm not that bad because I don't do what that person sure, does. So, sure, sure. You know, I'm not living under the bridge and, right. you know, those kinds of things. So, you know, over the years, I just continued to break my own rules and I'd try another drug because somebody would say, oh, you got to try this. And, right, you know, right. So I kind of became, you know, like uh, the old commercial, you know, let Mikey try it. He'll, he'll try anything. And that was kind of how I was. And yeah. In the end, it was no longer like a drug of choice. I right. had done everything pretty much that I knew was available, on whether it was on the street, whether it was prescription, whether it came in a bottle and you drank it. Mm. Uh, it really, in the end, it didn't matter anymore. Right. It was just about getting that next one about getting out of myself i had a i just had a lot of low self-esteem growing up you know didn't really feel like i was worthy i wasn't good enough and uh you know it's all stuff that was in my own head Yeah. and and then you know when i found that love affair with any kind of substance that would take me out of myself and make me feel different you know yeah
2: Tell, Um, tell me something now now uh, you you have how many years clean time? Just
0: celebrated thirty one. December fifteenth right. is right. the so actual thirty
2: one. So when you got clean, uh, there weren't a lot of places to go to to get help, and I mean, you know, uh, no. addiction wasn't uh, talked about like it is now. Right. So how did you find your path to uh, recovery?
0: Uh, it was funny. My first introduction to a meeting was up in. Uh, New Hampshire I was living with a woman at the time who had you know pretty much had it with me like everybody else yeah told Mm -hmm. me it was time to leave or get help and she heard about these meetings called AA Alcoholics Anonymous okay and and I thought to myself well I don't have a problem with drinking I don't know if that's really for me and Mm -hmm. uh so she went back to work the next day and she talked to some people and they told her about an NA meeting so she came back and She told me, well, there's an N.A. meeting. I said, oh, non-alcoholic. That's probably for me. Yeah, I didn't know that it meant that. So would you
2: think you were going to go and drink Old duels or (laughs) something? Something
0: like that. I thought that, you know, they'd have drinks and we'd just learn how to not do whatever drug it was that you thought you had a problem with. And, uh, you know, from there, I started to hear about detoxes and stuff and mm-hmm. uh, and i ended up going through seven different detoxes yeah. you know before i finally surrendered because i played games and i would go to different 12-step fellowships thinking that i could only deal with that one substance that was mainly talked about in and mm-hmm. and, I, and i just bounced around like that for years thinking i was different i was unique and i wasn't like other people and uh, you don't understand if you had my blah 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 blah. you
2: know you know it's amazing. <laughs> uh, the stories that addicts can come up with mm. on how they're going to chase their recovery but not really yeah you know oh yeah <laughs> you know yeah but now i know you went to detoxes did and like i said this is going back quite a few years did they did you end up going into a longer term program or did it? Finally just kicking, you hit the meetings and so forth. No,
0: actually, at that time, I was finally, I was beaten so bad, I came out of prison. I was like about 160 pounds, 155 pounds, you know. So you must miss
2: that part of it. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Well, I could use to lose a few of those. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, But I don't think I'd want to get back. No, no, no. And I, so I, I just started to listen yeah. and they suggested this 21 day program in Lynn. And then I went there and then they suggested a halfway house. Oh, okay. So I went on to a six month, uh, halfway house. Then I went into a sober house living environment for about six more months. So, so, you, so you, almost two years yeah, I so, spent in some so, structured environment. So
2: even back then you really did the step down program the way we kind of, hope people will do it today yeah good for you yeah and unfortunately a lot of people don't see
0: you know they think that's so long but it was such a small piece of my life I had already destroyed so many years
2: yeah you oh know? yeah so yeah.
0: to to give myself a year and a half to just try to do something different and I mean I needed to be taught how to live I I went you know the first time I went to a dentist I had like 17 cavities five teeth removed yeah I mean I was a mess I didn't take care mm-hmm. of myself anymore and just near the end of my using, I was living down the street from here at Tumbrello's junkyard. Okay. Yeah. 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 No eating out of a dumpster. Yeah. I mean, that's as good as it got for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then uh, I just, something clicked and I started to take the suggestions. And like, for instance, you talked about the long term, right? Mm. I was in a 21 day program and they wanted me to go to the halfway house next door. Mm-hmm. And I said to the counselor, I'd prefer not to go there. And he said, why not? I said, because there's women, that's co-ed. I know. That. And I, I think that. I'll get in trouble. I'd rather go to that men's halfway house they have up in Walden. Mm-hmm. And he, his glasses came down on his nose and he looked at me and he said, You know, kid, that's the first honest thing you've said since you got here. He said, <laughs> There might be hope for you. <laughs> and it was just, you know, uphill from there. I just mm-hmm. took the suggestions. You know, when I started going to meetings, I got a sponsor, you know, and there's five musts. I tell people there's five musts for me. We suggest all these things at, you know, recovery meetings, but. I must go to meetings. I must have a sponsor. I must work the steps. I must ask for help, and the most important one, I must not use. Yeah. And if I do those five things, you know, that's the formula that's worked for me for thirty-one years, yeah. and I don't want to mess with it. You know, I do other things outside of um, meetings and yeah. recovery yeah. for my my own personal growth. Right. Uh, and you know, and I love going back into prisons and detoxes and carrying that message to let people know like there's hope for us. It doesn't matter how far down you went.
2: Okay. And now I'm going to interrupt you mm-hmm. because that takes care of now you're clean. Yeah. And we'll get into the part of what you're doing now and how you two characters hooked up. Sure. Uh, by the way, guys, you know, anybody who wants to call in the numbers there, you want to come in and, uh, you want to give us a call say hi to one of these guys or uh uh if you uh for any reason that you want to call just say hi uh you're welcome to do that the number's there now we're gonna go and i'm not gonna tease you on your name no more we're gonna go to joel (laughs) and joel you're no kid either so what do you what do you got for clean time seven
3: thousand seven hundred in 19 days back-to-back back. boy, I thought you were
2: gonna say years first. <laughs> no, 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 no He no. loves counting the yeah. days about 20, over 21 years. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, all right, so I'm gonna take a wild guess you've got that many years clean. We started at a pretty young age, too, right? Mm. I started I started
3: about um, 11 or 12 years old. I can't really pinpoint exactly, mm-hmm. but it was 11 or 12 years old. And um, my dad's uh, whiskey cabinet, you know, uh, he did a lot of entertainment. My parents were not addicts. You okay. know. No, they were good, good people, you know, and um, I was brought up in a good, a good family. And from the second I took that first sip, I, I didn't realize what I was, in for I call it a roller coaster ride yeah. for thirty one years I used wow. of my life, you know I know I know you think I'm like thirty nine but reality <laughs> is I'm
2: sixty six. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I think you're thirty nine like I think I'm thirty nine. <laughs> you, you know, and times two,
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I you. say to people all the time now, and I know for me, <clears throat> excuse me, the clock's ticking, man. Yeah. And um, I enjoy life today, like I. My roller coaster ride, jails, institutions, man. Yeah. I'll never go there. I'll never be that bad. Yeah. Never. Mm-hmm. I'll never be that bad. I'll never be homeless, you know. And everything I said that I would never do, I did yeah. because I got high. Yeah. Whether it's liquid or powder, whatever form insanity that you use, I'll be whoever you want me to be if I put one in me.
2: Now, you know, a lot of, you know, I know a lot of, uh, people get addicted, you know, it's a genetic thing and that, that's not the case with you then, right? No, no. So you just, you started, is it because you were with, uh, buddies or, uh, just, uh, it was just something you took to, uh, it's, it's, you know,
3: that answer when you asked me that, like, wow, it's like, um. When I went into that liquor cabinet and, you know, I always wondered, my father entertained because Mm -hmm. he was a a sales manager for Raytheon for a long time. He had a lot of uh, dignitaries come in to my home in Burlington. I grew up in Burlington, Mass. And uh, and I saw them drinking and I just was like, remember, I was like, like, wow, that looks pretty cool. But they only drank and had a Mm. couple of drinks. Right. Right. Mm. I didn't know that you know, what was going to happen to me in the future when I took one, we say in a fellowship, one is too many and a thousand, never enough. And like, that was me right from the get go. I could never just have one. And I didn't understand that, but I didn't think I had a problem Phil. Right for real. No, I, I can believe that, you know, and, um, the journey, like it says right here, the journey continues, man. Mm-hmm. This is the best score I ever did getting clean. Yeah.
2: You know? And, um, uh now you started at a young age uh how did this affect your parents or you and your parents and so forth it's funny you ask that right i say a lot of funny things well
3: (laughs) it's it in reality though it's not funny because like of course not like listen i was brought up in a catholic family Uh Um, i wore a suit and tie um to Catholic. uh religion school catholic school and growing up in burlington um i was a good student um i had a scholarship to play baseball Uh you know um but what happened was i I just i when i crossed that line i like to say like i crossed that line when i got a scholarship to play to play baseball Mm. um getting high was more important in my mind because it was an all boy school called Austin prep Oh yeah. at, at the yeah. time, at the time. And I mm-hmm. told my dad and the scout right in my home in Burlington, I'm not going. And my father's face just dropped to the ground because mm-hmm. when that guy left, the scout left and he says, what the F did you just do? I said, dad, I'm not going to an all boy school, man. I'm not going to do it. I want to be with the girls and I want to do my thing right Mm
4: -hmm. and from
3: that point on my father kind of was a little different with me for the next few years yeah because my addiction um escalated all
2: right did they ever get to the point where they knew your your addiction was out of control and they had to cut ties with you or or did they continue to enable you like i've been so famous for doing what what was what how did what was the relationship develop as your addiction developed you know people say you ever hear the cliche old school yes my parents were in old school
3: they were just like you're going to do the we w- we want to bring you up to do the right thing and when i was doing drugs basically i did the wrong thing mm-hmm. so my my dad was like you know um he just cut me off in a night in a nice way. I guess you could say like that. I, I won't say I guess he just told me, um, if you just keep your grades up graduate, go to college, you know, but Phil, it's such a I was on such a roller coaster ride. You know, not not only that my father owned a liquor store, oh. you know, mm. and I worked there. Oh, my goodness. right, And everything was free. <laughs> and it kind of, um, made my addiction even worse but i didn't think i was that bad you know but 1993 when you asked that i just was thinking about that i'm sorry but in about 1993 my sister and my father says you're going into a detox or you're out of the house and we don't want nothing to do with you now 1993
2: how old were you then
3: Oh, oh boy. I yeah. was about, let's
2: see, see. Nobody said there was going to be tough questions. Oh, 40? <laughs> you okay. Somewhere around no. 40? Oh, I, really? I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm 66. All right. I'm... So so you, so you were no
3: kid? No. Okay. So I was so bad, so they took me up to Hampstead. Okay, sure. Right? This is the, I tell the truth. I don't sugarcoat this, right? Okay. So they took me up there, and I'll never forget this, because people out there that have, like, family can hear this, man. So yeah. I'm sitting there. And my 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 father's right next to me and my sister and the nurse comes out and she says to me, how much cocaine do you do a week, Joel? Right. And I looked at her and I said "Eh, about a thousand dollars back in ninety three. Right. And I looked over to my left and my father and my sister had tears rolling down their eyes so bad man yeah. and that was what i call the spiritual awakening that i didn't even know about back then when i saw my sister and my father crying when yeah. i told them how much money i was spending on coke back then you yeah. know that was my first yeah. introduction to i think i have a problem
2: really that was also oh, seeing Seeing how it affected your dad yes. and your sister, oh my god! Made yeah. you realize, oh shit! Yeah, like, like because when you're getting yeah. high, who
3: am I? This is what goes through most people's head: Who am I hurting?
2: Exactly. Right. Oh,
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Who am yeah. I hurting? Right. right.
2: You hurt your family. You hurt your kids. You hurt society. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I used to mm. say that just about every addict probably affects at least fifty people. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, yes. All right. So you're in Hampstead, and now you for the first time you realize you're not just a social user, you actually do have a problem. So what happens next?
3: So what happened was so Hampstead, right, wouldn't accept me because back then you had to either do heroin or drink. Yeah. So my 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 father said, Well, Where can we bring him? So they took me to a place in Woburn, Massachusetts, which is not even there anymore, the Chote Hospital, which had a detox. And I stayed there, and I did good, and I stayed clean
2: for four four months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not not to interrupt you, but what he was saying was very true, really, up until recently. If detoxes or places like that would not take you unless you were using something that had withdrawal. And theoretically uh, Coke doesn't have physical weight yeah figure that out it's up here but yeah the, but I'm sorry, I just wanted people to understand why yeah, why they good. turned you down. Yeah and <clears throat> so the journey continued
3: mm-hmm. and uh, so I stayed there and I got clean for uh, I stayed clean for four months and um, after that it's the old the old saying that you'll hear if you've been around here long enough, you know, someone comes up to you and you're not hanging around with the right people. and They say, hey, Joel, come on, just do one. Yeah. And the devil was right there. And I did <laughs> one. And I was in jail from 94 to 1998, in and out, in and out, in and out. Right. And then when my father passed away um, in 2010, um, on October 10th, 2010, uh, this, the day he, the day he died, they called me well, back then. They didn't have cell phones. We had these things called sure. beepers. Yeah, <laughs> beepers. I remember them. <laughs> so my aunt beat me and I went down to Burlington and my father's lane. I tell this story sometimes, not much, but my father was laying on a gurney, dying of cancer, looking out his beautiful townhouse in Burlington. And his last wish to everyone there was, I want to see my son, Joel, before I die. Mm-hmm. So I went down in an unregistered, uninsured car because I would never get caught, Mm. you know, right? I got down there. He's laying there. I said, Dad, right? And they're all saying, Joel, he's not going to talk to you because he was gasping for breath. I I go, Dad, right? And he jumps up, stands up on the floor, looks at me and says, I'm going to go brush my teeth. Goes in the bathroom. Brushes his teeth. True story, man. I got chills thinking about yeah. this. Comes back. Lays back down on the gurney. Goes like this to me. Takes my head and puts my head down his mouth and says, I want you to get clean for your family and my grandkids, my, my kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Right? And then he went back into the coma toast-like. And that was the last thing he said to me. So everyone down there told me that he, he, wa- he wanted me to come down so he could
2: say goodbye yeah. to his son.
3: How sad is that, man?
2: Well, uh, <clears throat> tell me something. <clears throat> Did that do it?
3: Two weeks after he died, I got clean, and here I am. Good. You know what I mean? Our, my clean date is November 4th, 2000.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'll never forget it, man. But mm. That was like my father... And and for people out there, you don't have to wait till you're 45 years old to get clean like I did. Definitely for you younger people out there, man, get it now, man. Because I always say this, Phil, yeah. if if I knew what I knew now when I was like in my 20s, mm-hmm.
2: I'd be sitting in a Ruber on a hammock right
3: now, you know.
2: <laughs> you know? All right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take two minutes. Uh, and when we come back. I want you guys to let us know what you're doing now, how it is with your family now, and uh, and maybe a message you can give to those that are listening. Not only those who are having a problem, but the family members and how to deal with it. We'll be right back, guys. Hi there. My name's Phil Leahy, and I do the Empty Chair Show here. And as much as Fran and I have enjoyed doing this show, our real passion is with where it all began, the Circle of Hope, my support group for the families of addicts. I learned a long time ago that dealing with an active addict is just too difficult. So we invite you to join our group, the Circle of Hope, Uh, give me a call, 978-886-2949, and you'll see our banner on the show anyway. And and give me a call, find out what it's all about. You know, if you don't think you're ready to sit into a group, uh, Fran and I always invite people uh, over to the house, and we sit down, have a one-on-one, and we talk about a plan you'll have to set up, how to deal with someone inactive addiction or, or just give you a chance to vent. So, I mean, if you or someone you know has dealing with a someone in active addiction, reach out, give a call, take the first step. I promise you that it won't make it easier, but once you understand what it's all about, you'll be able to deal with it a little bit better. So, again, 978-886-2949. Just ask for Phil. Phil. I'm always available 24-7. Thanks, and we'll see you on the empty chair. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back. And, you know, I have to apologize. I know this has been kind of a boring show, but, you know, it's their life. And, you know, if it's dull and uninteresting, then, you know, go watch TV.
0: I wouldn't recommend anybody no. live it. <laughs> uh, guys,
2: I, I do thank you for coming back. Uh, you know, I've known Reggie for quite a while. And actually, I didn't realize, but I have met Joel uh, because it's uh, it's quite a family. Uh, you meet people that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joel reminded me that I met him at one of my daughter's celebrations.
4: Mm-hmm. And...
2: Uh, So it's always, uh, like I said, when I see someone that has that kind of clean time, it's, you know, it's, it, it gives me hope for a lot of the people in my support group that their kids are still struggling. So it's Mm. always, it's always a good, good feeling. Yeah, it's funny. Cole
0: and I were chatting uh, the other day and said, Oh, my God put us all together with her in yeah. 84 or 86 years
2: yes like, yeah
0: wow well, it's speaking gonna be a of lot which, of years sitting in this room yeah. speaking of which cole's on the phone go ahead cole
4: what do you Hi, guys. what do you Hi, want
0: <laughs> <laughs> you like the hat <laughs> i
4: do i do and yes it is 86 years between me reggie and Joel
2: well then that makes it 87 with mine then right
0: <laughs> yes. i think he just put us over a hundred <laughs> yeah,
4: amen amen so i'm not sick i was just um doing that precautionary because i was near someone who had covid um so that's why phil stepped in and did tonight because you see how close that room is is how we're sitting next to each other yeah. but I'm sad that I'm not there with you guys. Joel, I really wanted to meet you. Angela talked so highly of you. And uh, Reggie, I really wanted to see you. But you know what that means, Reggie. It just means you got to come back and do another show with you me. You got to come back.
0: I'm more than happy <laughs> yeah. to. So what do you mean? Yeah, you were doing like that responsible thing and caring about others?
4: Yeah, oh absolutely. My gosh. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I don't have that problem called. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, Phil, it's good to see you in there. I just wanted to wish uh, Reggie, Joel, and especially Lou, because I'm not there, very Merry Christmas. Same to you. And it's um, yep. been a fun show to watch. I love you guys, and I will talk to you all soon. Great. All
3: Thank right, all. lady take care. All right, take Merry care.
4: Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll see Merry you soon, Christmas. hon. All right.
2: Oh, that's great. And I know everybody knows Cole, Uh, I know everybody realized she works out of the Methuen police station uh, in the the CARES department. And, uh, you know, she helps uh, me in the Circle of Hope and Fran uh, with resources for uh, all of our people. And she, uh, not only did she take over this show from me and doing better, but she also took over uh, MVP ASAP for me, and has really brought it to a new level. So uh, obviously, uh, yeah. I have a weak spot for Cole Welch. No, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, me and Fran, we just love it to death. Okay, guys. All right, now uh, you know I, I mentioned a little bit about family and you know I don't know if I ever asked you, Reggie. You know when uh when your family realized the problems you had mm. and your connection with them now kind of give us a little history on then and what it's like now well unfortunately um my stepfather my mom and my
0: dad have all passed okay. since um but the you know the initial when I was first trying to get clean, they just—they had tried everything to help me. I had my stepfather, was a chief of police, so
4: okay. you know a lot of times
0: I'd get arrested, and he'd pull some strings, and you know my dad—he you know, wasn't like uh, Trump wealthy, you know, but he was—he was doing good for himself, yeah. right? He, and so he would buy me out of trouble a lot. Yeah. And then that last time, I was sitting in the prison cell, and they just said, uh, "Leave him there," and they—they they had to let go so and they
2: I, so they finally stopped enabling they
0: stopped enabling but of course while i was sitting there in a in a cell yeah. i wasn't too happy about oh, that I'm, and i oh, had I'll, some choice words i bet
2: you had some wonderful <laughs> things to say about oh them. yeah yeah but
0: uh, today i understand the amount of love that took yeah for them to let go and yeah. they knew i had to do this on my own they couldn't do it for me anymore yeah and i just in and from there i just excelled i mean i i had the opportunity when I was two years into recovery, I went to college, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we're not dumb people. Like, I don't know about anyone else, I can always speak for myself. The the things that I did out on the street to get just one more, uh, some pretty hairy schemes. Yeah. And when I can take that brain and, and apply it to something positive. So I graduated with straight A's, you know, from yeah. college.
2: You know, it's funny you say that. I remember my daughter, one of the things she always used to say to me was, uh, being an addict was the hottest job she ever had. Oh God, yeah! It was like twenty-four-seven. Yep, and it the was schemes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I left <clears> that. Excuse
0: me, I left the air, and uh, you know, my first job, I I was at for a couple of years, and then I had an opportunity to work for the company I work for now. I don't, don't really want to throw it out on there, but it's in the aerospace defense industry, and I designed throw it out missiles and radar systems. Yeah, uh, and you know, well. Yeah, you know, it's my life for raytheon i work for atheon and uh hmm. you know i never thought in my wildest dreams i would be like doing this kind of thing if you told me that like 31 years ago i'd have told you whatever the hell you're using give me a whole bunch of it because yeah. you're insane yeah and you know well, and, and
2: things can happen well tell me now the family you have now mm. which a relationship like that i mean how did they look on you you know some people can never get over the fact that someone was an addict and it don't matter how many years clean they have oh yeah so w- what's your relationship with family that well have? for my
0: parents in the past the yeah. first couple of years I was still kind of like not really welcome around yep. and that took some time
2: sure which mm-hmm. is
0: fine but now all I really have left is a couple of aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and uh, my my younger three younger sisters and okay. they're all proud of me and ahead, you know they respect me for what i've done they tell other people how proud they are of you know where i came from and uh yeah i'm like the matriarch now i'm the old dude in the family right
2: (laughs) no that's and and and, you know and because like i said i've seen from Mm. experience that Mm. some people they will have clean time and uh It it takes a long time to build Mm. up a trust.
0: Well, my stepfather, the one that I talked about, that was the chief of police, Mm. he didn't come to my first year anniversary and I was kind of brokenhearted. And then my fifth anniversary, I asked him to come and he said, A leopard will never change its spots. And that hurt. Yeah. But I understood like I had put him through hell, you know. And you can imagine me being an addict out on the street running and ripping and he's a chief of police. So I humiliated him. Anyway. The The good thing was on my 10-year anniversary, I didn't ask him to come. And I saw my mom walk in and my sisters and my stepfather walked in and he hugged me and he told me he was proud of me.
2: But you know, I'm kind of- it took gl- 10 years. Yeah, but I'm kind of glad you brought that up because there is still, you know, obviously we all know about the stigma of addiction. Yeah. But there is still a lot of people who will not accept the fact Mm. that when you have an addiction and it doesn't matter how you got there genetics or Mm. whatever but once you get there you're a very sick individual yeah and it's hard for people to accept that it's not a social thing that it truly is an illness that's treatable if you can get the damn stupid addict to actually admit that they need help
0: (laughs) Well, when I told my sponsor, you know, I was hurt that my stepfather wouldn't come to my anniversary. Yep. He said, "You know, Rich, if you walk into the woods twenty miles, it's twenty miles out, but knowing you'll, you'll take a think what you think is a shortcut, and it'll be thirty miles." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank you. that! What? How's that supposed to help me?" Yeah. But, but yeah. I understand now. It took a while to earn back the trust of my family right. because they had spent years destroying yeah. that trust. Yeah.
2: And, and like I said, and it's only—it's <clears throat> really only recently that people are starting to actually get an understanding mm. of what addiction is. And, you know, and, and, and it takes time. You're right. Yeah. It takes time to, uh, to build up trust, but even more so I wish that more people would educate themselves on oh, what, yeah. what addiction really is.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah. And like you were asking, you know, what, do, what do we do now?
0: Right. So, i mean i've been going to meetings for a little over 31 years i have you know a sponsor i sponsor other men wow. i i go on commitments to prisons and detoxes and try to carry the message of hope mm-hmm. and tell people like i've been right where you're at and yeah. i know what that feels like yeah. and, and here's what i do today you know and and i do those five musts that i talked about and i continue to do them and right. I, you know i've been able to do wonderful things i have a home now i have family i have two children and i just want to mention this too because uh you know, it's hard. Like my mom said to me one time when I took her out to make amends, right? That's part of this process. And, and I told her that I was sorry for all the years of hell I put her through, but I know she's heard a million sorries, but I'm going to do my best to be a son Mm. that she can be proud of. And she told me that she used to lay in bed at night and wait for the phone to ring to find out that I was dead. And that like crushed me. And she said something interesting. She said, someday you'll, you'll understand, you'll have a child just like you. And my daughter's now coming up on six months of recovery. Oh, and I used to lay in bed waiting for the oh. phone call, but she was. Oh, on. believe and, me, I know the feeling, my friend. So, like, it's come full circle now, yeah. and I understand that, like, that that's just the pain and misery that I yeah. caused everybody in my life. Yeah. And now, you know, thank God, you know, my daughter grew up with a parent in recovery mm. and,
2: and knew where who, to go. Well, like time, I say, you know, I mean. She did have the benefit of having someone who understood what addiction was. but I'm She's told-
0: died twice and been brought back to yeah. life. And the last time was, uh, you know, six months ago. And I, I was watching TV and I saw her boyfriend's name come up on the TV because of that caller ID. Yeah. And I went into panic and I couldn't answer the phone. And my wife's looking at me. She says, why won't she answer the phone? I said, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, and she And he told me that he found her dead and he... He had two shots of Narcan. And he's not an addict. And two days before my daughter Odeede, he got the brainstorm that he should probably keep some in the house. Day, and if he hey. hadn't gotten yeah. I, what I tell him is a message from God, yeah. my daughter wouldn't be here today with almost six years. That's six months clean. That's great.
2: Wow. And she's and he, uh she's working a program, she's doing
3: good. She
0: goes to meetings and um uh, she, you know, she's funny. She says to me, you how know, old, is there any how, meeting I can go to where they you? don't know you, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> how old is she, Reggie? She's
2: 23. Wow. Ah, right? 24. 24. She's 24. Wow. Yeah. And now her boyfriend, they're still together? Or? Yeah, they
0: got back together. He's Great. giving her another chance. She just got a cat, Felix the yeah. Cat. They named it. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, remember the old freaking cartoon oh, yeah. we used yeah. to watch? I keep, I keep hearing that in clock. my head. <laughs>
2: Well, that kind of gives you an insight of what parents go through. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah! Uh, but you know what? She knows because I learned the lesson from what my parents did. Sure. I don't yeah. enable her. I yeah. give her the tough love, yeah. and um, and so far it's working. That's you know, because right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna co-sign a death warrant. No, no. and it, it's hard as a parent. It's, you know, yes. any parents out there listening, please understand, especially during the holidays, it's the hardest thing to do. That's right. Is to say no to your child yeah. and but saying yes could also be hurting them right
2: and and you know something that we learn over the years you know and uh like i'm not a believer in detachment i think you have to keep the uh, lines of communication open oh yeah uh and there's a fine line between enabling and supporting mm, right And right. with parents it's even harder to find that one. joel yeah all right Let's uh, let's hear now. I know you you got clean, and uh, you, you know you you really got a great gift from your dad. Mm. So, family wise, now I mean, how are they with you? Are they all on board? Did they all re- re- believe, mm. realize the miracle you uh, accomplished, or what?
3: Uh, uh my my family is so proud of me. Yeah. Um, I can like. I'll just step back like just a little like when my parents died and then I got clean and here I am. Like my family has a lot of lo- like long time aging. Longevity okay. yep. we you call it. So my uncle passed away at 96 back in 03. 03. I, Joel, had the honor when my family asked me to do the eulogy. What? Right? Mm. And I wrote a big thing and long story short i'm still humbled to this day i'm humbled on any i'm humbled to be here i'm honored to be here and i i did the eulogy and everybody my whole family my aunts and uncles my family came up to me they were all in tears they had them crying you know what i mean because my it doesn't run in my family so like then my uncle passed away a couple of years ago at 96 my other uncle My aunt died at 102. My other one died 101 last year. No kidding. Yeah. So I all got to go there and I all got hugs. And Joel, we know what you're doing. They're not addicts. They tell me. We see you right on, like on Facebook. I'm carrying the message tonight and I'll just show like the Ricker House of Correction or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I'm not tapping myself on the shoulder for that in any way. I give back what was so freely given to me. Because if it wasn't for people like him that came before me, my family wouldn't be around because I wouldn't be clean, Phil. I needed evidence.
2: And he is one of the ones that gave me evidence. Okay, well, why don't you tell us about the connection between you and Santa Claus here? Yeah. So (laughs) so me and Reggie, right? He's known me
3: now over 20 years. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. He's
3: my sponsor. Okay. All right. And we're like, don't know if that's a good thing. Well, <laughs> well it is a good. thing. He knows that. He's just kidding, right? I don't know. I he's like very.
2: I, I know Reggie's a very serious person. I mean, I, I mean, he looks like
3: my big brother, but really, he's my little brother. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I'm older, right? <laughs> but I'll be forever grateful for him mm-hmm. for showing me the way and not sugarcoating it. True. Sure. You know what I mean? And my family benefits. From people like him. He knows some of the some of my family members. Yeah. Like my kids are in my life, like big time. I'll tell this story. When I had two years clean, two years, Phil, I call it the show me tour okay. when I first got clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had <laughs> to show your family for two years. If if we're gonna come back in your life, you show me, Joel. So for two years, I stay clean. I go to jails. I I, I I go to detoxes, right? So I have twin boys that are just uh, 38. They just turned 38, right? Because okay. I know you think I'm 49.
2: Yeah, we went through that before, <laughs> right? And so, actually, you gained 10 years gained from the last time bit. you told and me. I,
3: and I have a daughter who's going to be 30. Mm-hmm. So um, my boys, I asked them on my two-year anniversary. I said, you guys want to come to my celebration? I'm celebrating two years clean in Lowell, yeah. right? And they both looked at me and said, dad, we want to be there. So we get there. They have the meeting at the end of the meeting, they present me, but they stopped and they said, you two boys come up here with your father. And they presented both my boys with two, one each. But this is the one that I want to tell the people out there that were really that I could, my eyes are watering right now. So on the way back, When I gave my boys a ride home, I said to them, I said, so what did you guys think of that? And they said, dad, we're so proud of you, but we effing never want to be like you. Mm. And that hit hard. Mm. Yeah. That hit hard, man. And and my other son said the same thing. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, boys, you don't, Ever have to be like me, and they yeah. live living the dream right now. They are; they're doing very well.
2: That's good. You know, I got to tell you, as a family of an addict in recovery, <clears throat> my daughter gave me the honor to present her on her one year recovery, and nice. and it was, you know, to me it was just the most amazing because I listened to her speak, and she's quite the speaker.
3: Yeah, and yes,
2: I listened to her speak and because like most parents, like Mm. you just thought not that long ago, I thought that I was going to outlive her. I wish, you know, I mean, she overdosed a couple of times and in the hospital and so forth, but uh, family members, we envy the way your attitude is. People who really grasp recovery Mm. and we can see the gratitude you have. Mm. I'll tell you, people like myself, we envy mm. your gratitude because so many people take everything else for granted and you guys
4: don't mm-hmm. well
0: your daughter for uh, funny um when anytime i've had her come speak for me mm. on a commitment somewhere i would always ask her "Is like do you take a breath in between yeah <laughs> <No, no. laughs> she could just talk yeah so
2: fast yeah
0: and i'd be like waiting for her to take a breath yeah.
2: and yeah she's yeah. not a
0: sweetheart
2: she gets a lot of worries in yeah, the shot yes she
0: does yeah. if uh just quick I could say <clears throat> how i met joel was i was speaking at a meeting mm-hmm. and he's sitting <clears throat> in the front in the front row you know and of course we call that where the you know the more crippled addicts need to be <laughs> yeah, up in the intensive front row care. yeah yeah intensive care
3: yeah.
0: and um And he just reminded me of, you remember back in the day when we had the big boats for a car and in the back window, there's the little doggy with the head bobbing up and down. I had one. That was this guy listening to me. His head was going up and down like, you know, because he was identifying. When Mm. people do this, right, they're comparing, but he was going up and down with his head and uh, Mm. he just came up to me afterwards and asked me to sponsor him. That's like, that's an honor in itself and a privilege to be You know,
2: and, And it is, and to me, you know, I mean, uh, meetings were important and so forth, but, you know, I mean, I deal with quite a few of the younger ones that are in early recovery mm. and I'm not really too excited until they tell me they have a sponsor, someone that they can trust, right. someone that they, yes. And to me, that is one of the most important mm. things about your recovery mm. yeah. and, uh, and I, we got someone. Yes. Hello.
1: Hi, Phil. Hi, Reggie. Hi, Joel. It's Michelle from Lawrence.
3: Hi. Hey, Michelle.
1: Hi. How are you guys?
0: Living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Yep.
1: That's right. I am so happy to hear you guys and hear you throwing the message on the empty chair tonight. I watch it every time it's on. And, um, Joel, I just, I probably have told this to you before, but. Like, uh, when I came in to the room of NA, you were like one of the pinch hitters. There were four guys in November of 2008, and you were one of them. Mm. And you offered me hope. And, like, I heard four stories, and three of those guys are still good in recovery. They're still, you know, solid in their, in their program. their hmm and billy m from lynn i don't know what his circumstances is other than he's deceased i don't know how or why but um he was one of the ones that's the other of the four and uh joel like you <laughs> were he had those gold tooth earrings and like they called you like this clicking
2: well well we weren't going to talk about that i guess but
1: <laughs> well you know it's all about honesty oh yeah but, it is and like you know, you talked about, like, I want what you have, right? And, like, I wanted those gold earrings, you know? <laughs> I, I didn't want a man because I had one. You know, I was a married woman at the time. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. my husband passed, as you both know, as, you both know yeah. uh, as, as a result of this fatal disease. And, um, you know, he passed away in 2010. And here's the hope shot. Like, I had 15 months clean when he passed. And you know what? Due to this fellowship and the people in it they supported me they surrounded me they held me up and like i walked through
2: that yeah Yeah, that that is a really good point michelle because yeah uh you gotta have a support system especially when you go through something like you did where you know it's so easy to fall off the edge Mm.
1: and then reggie i i don't want to leave you uh Leave you out?
2: Oh, leave them out. Leave
1: him out. Okay. Uh, no, Reggie, you know you've been around long enough for the guys that you know have come after you in the in the woman to, uh, and you know your your truth and your honesty is so raw, and it, and it brings me back to, you know, when I spent some time at MCI Framingham, and you know my parents, you know, used that tough love on me too, you know, and I was feeling the concrete walls, and I'm like, it can't be the drugs yeah As opiates, you know and uh because i didn't they didn't offer you know um you know maintenance in the in the institutions at that time yeah but um you know and uh you know i just um you know you were always a solid guy that even though you had 31 years like you were relatable you know or well now you, i still related to you you know and you? you know when uh you were talking about your parents like um <clears throat> like my mother never made it to a meeting to see me celebrate and i was always like i didn't understand you know and yeah. uh today you know, it's part of her process you know and like um yeah. i just celebrated 13 years yeah baby, yeah.
0: congratulations thank
1: you. thank you and then in that same month my mom passed away you know but um so, you know yeah. i i uh she had cancer and you know cancer stinks and you know but uh yeah. You know, I was able to walk through that fear, too, knowing that, like, I already had walked through it on several occasions of people that I lost, you know, not only in the fellowship, but um, family members and stuff. And, like, I stayed clean long enough to, like, know the miracles. And even though the, the, you know, the miracles don't come every day, but I find gratitude in the simplest things and the things that I can hold on to because I'd be like, yeah, I'm sad but the here's the gratitude it's like i don't have to use over the fact that i'm sad you know <laughs> and i don't want to be Not, uh, under the influence either because like i deal with things a lot better when i'm clear-headed than I'm when i do when i'm impaired from a substance whatever uh-huh. that substance may be so i just wanted to give you guys props wish you a merry christmas i look yeah. forward to seeing you guys soon and uh, Mich- michelle
3: merry yeah. christmas <laughs> michelle who Thanks. loves you
1: you do, Joel. Yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> you heard about Marilyn, too, didn't you?
1: What's that? Did yeah, you? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, she was, She passed a couple of days after my mom, actually. I'm um, devastated,
4: man.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, tell your lovely wife. I said hello and, you know, give them a I big will. hug from uh, Michelle C. from Lawrence. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys soon. All right. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks
3: for, Michelle. Thanks
4: Thank for
2: calling,
1: Christmas. Michelle. Bye. Take care.
2: Bye now. Uh, So, we ain't got a whole lot of time, so what I'd like to do is, we'll start with you, Joe, and kind of give these people out here, it being Christmas, kind of give them a hopeful message.
3: Yeah, I'll give you a hopeful message, all right? (laughs) Like, uh, first of all, thank you for having me here, right? And um, life is good. Life is good. As long as you don't pick it up. If you don't pick it up, you don't get high. Life is good. Um, Because just just because I'm clean. You know, people say like, I don't do anything perfect. And I'm no better than anybody. But the only thing I do perfect, I try to do every single day, is at 12.01 tonight, I'll have another day clean. And this Mm -hmm. is the best score I ever did, Mm -hmm. getting clean. The disease will make you think you can think. And it will make you think it's okay to get high, but like, this is who I'm supposed yeah. to be. Life is good. The clock is ticking, people. Enjoy
2: life. Merry, well, wait a minute. Merry Christmas and <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Uh, Reggie, uh, the floor is yours. Oh, geez.
0: Uh, you know, kind of ditto to what, uh, Joel just said, you know, and I I just think back to a little bit of what I was saying earlier, you know, if you're a a parent or a child, you have a loved one in your family, you know, your child, your parent, even just a family member. And as long as they're above ground and breathing, don't Mm. ever give up hope. Like um, Mm. I've seen people just go to like bottoms that you wouldn't believe and and it just takes that one spark of hope to bring them back to life. And I know that from my own experience sitting in a jail cell and thinking that it was over. And you know, just just love them up and yeah. pray for them, you know. And uh, you know, I believe that, you know, prayers are answered and, and as long as we're breathing, there's always hope for people like us. And they, you know, it's just my sponsor used to always say, Don't right, don't ever give up before the miracle happens. That's don't great. give up one day before the miracle happens well said yeah i'd like to wish you all a merry merry christmas uh, happy holidays uh, whatever happy hanukkah and let's all hope for a brand new year that's happy for all of us and we can uh, get back to some kind of normalcy in life and have pandemics go away and let's get back to normal
4: a lot um, of fishing and
2: you know guys uh, I don't do this show very often but i'm glad i got to do it with guys that were at least born in the same century as me anyway yeah. <laughs> and uh and got you know uh, folks before before we sign off you know you know these guys have been clean for a long time and there's more available out there now for treatment than there was yes. back then yeah there's more people that can help you uh you know, Cole has mentioned it numerous times that during this pandemic, uh, unfortunately, uh, substance abuse has been put on the back burner. Mm. Well, just so you know... And substance use has got Substance worse. use. And just so you know, that overdoses during the pandemic has increased 30% Yeah, because, uh, you know, so people sad. are isolated and so forth. There's, so, you know... We're not the flavor of the month anymore, but people are dying and there's no need for it because there's help out there. Mm. So the message I want to give to you guys on this holiday season is whether you're using or you're in early recovery or you're the family of someone who's using, take that first step, make a phone call. Reach out. You can't do it by yourself. Don't hide it. There's no shame. Mm. You'll see my number up there all the time. Give me a call. If I yeah. can't help you, we have the resources, and I can send them to you. Nice. So that being said, again, guys, thank you, Lou. As thank always, uh, I missed you. It was nice being uh, being here with you again. Good to have you back. And yeah. uh, I'd like to wish everybody a merry Christmas and uh, happy New Year. And Bye-bye. We'll see you again on the empty chair. We'll see you soon, Cole. (laughs) Take care.